Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Mom. It took forever to get to camp. The bus ride was so long. Did they somehow move Camp Juanaslea further away? Ugh, I swear it feels like we're at the bottom of the earth. But whatever. I spent most of the ride playing chess on my phone. I talked to some of the new campers. They seem fine, I guess. Uh, maybe a little distant. Honestly, Mom, this might be my last year as a camp counselor. I feel like I'm getting old. Oh, it's so cold this year. All ice and snow. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. Last year we had that monster outbreak, but at least the lake wasn't frozen over. Well, hoping it warms up. I gotta go now. I gotta meet the new camp counselor, Gary. That name sounds so ancient. It's like from the 80s. Oh, and I'm having really weird dreams. I'll tell you about that later. Anyway, love you. Call me. This is your daughter, Casey. Hey! Oh my gosh, you guys, welcome back. It's season three. My name is Tuyet. Oh, and the name of our podcast is Hey. <laughs> it's Funk 237. Ah, horror movie podcast. <laughs> Nailed it. We've had a we're break. We're so good at this. We've had a break, we Robin. We took a break. We took a break. But we're back with season three of Bunk 237, a horror movie podcast. I am Robin, your other host. And uh, with us today is one of our favorite campers of all time, back for his third appearance, on because it's three, season three. We're doing three-peats. It's Keith Garcia, Yay. the artistic director of the Sea Film Center in Denver, Colorado, uh, and one of our best campers. Hi, Keith. Hi, everybody. Hey, I'm Keith. So Thanks for being to here. Be kicking things off with y'all. Yeah, we're very excited to have you back. Back, back, back again. Uh, and speaking of back, that doesn't work as a transition, but I'm going to tell you what movie we're doing. Watch your back. Does that help? Can you guess what movie? If I just say that? No, that's every well, movie. Well, here's a clue. It's season three. Keith's back for his third appearance. So there's only one film that we could do. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. The second sequel in the Elm Street franchise. Uh, Dream Warriors continues. Is it... Wait, is it appropriate to call it a fantasy epic? It continues the fantasy epic of everyone's favorite nightmare boogeyman, Freddy Krueger. And in this installment, he's killing off the last of the Elm Street children, uh, also known as the children of the parents who mob mentality burned Fred <laughs> Krueger alive after he was acquitted for multiple child murders. Uh, later installments dig a little bit deeper into the origin story, but this film mainly focuses on the very cool teen cast um, and how they're sort of dealing with this mass psychosis as they've been diagnosed uh, that they're experiencing, which leads all of them very coincidentally to be admitted to the same psychiatric hospital, <laughs> which I think is very nice. That's uh, a good point. Yeah, right? <laughs> how did they yeah. all end up there? <laughs> they all ended up at the same hospital. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Which is interesting because they don't have to be because... Freddy Krueger comes to them in their dreams. They could be anywhere, but that's Although fine. This, this does bring in an interesting idea. We don't have to go deep into this, but uh, this came up watching um, the new Scream. If y'all have watched 
the new screen yet. I haven't um, yet. This isn't a spoiler. Okay. Um, but there's various uh, sequences where people are trying to race across town in their car to get from one place to another, from the hospital to a house or to <laughs> from this place to that. Yeah. And I was like, is is Woodsboro this big? <laughs> like, like there's there's a scene where someone like a, a police person's like, meet me here. All units, meet me here. And the cops do not get there in twenty. <laughs> what is, feels like 20 minutes of what would have happened. And you're just like, so how big is Woodsboro? Like, <laughs> I didn't think it was as big as, say, like Denver to Aurora, which is right. what these driving sequences seem like. <laughs> so anyway, to that effect, Springwood, for them all to end up at the same hospital, Springwood must actually be a teensy town. Right. Or a little, a little right. city. A little I also, city. I also thought about the fact that, and this is also like dumb brain of like, so did they all also happen to live on Elm Street? Like, did no one else from any other street, like the, you know, <laughs> it's, it's care about this child murder in their neighborhood? Were they all exclusively on this one long stretch of road? <laughs> or is that yeah, just a is general the, vibe? Yeah, is, because is that's this where the, the house only, was. Is this the only road? Yeah. In, maybe, in yeah. Maybe Springwood is like a railroad department of a town. <laughs> and it's just one yes. long road. All the stores, yeah. the hospital, one every the house the hospital. is on Elm Street. <laughs> well, there's there's a Main Street. And everyone who lives on Main Street, and that's where the businesses are, they're safe. Right. And yeah. everyone right. lives on Elm Street. <laughs> and that's that's trouble. Yeah. It, it made me it made me think about like I started then going obviously like I told you I was I rewatched this but I was rewatching other ones too and I was like yeah we don't really go that far like there aren't necessarily big driving scenes um a lot of the action is is within a neighborhood like it you know if we look at how in part one it's a lot of going back and forth between the houses on Elm Street yeah. And right. two, while well, he goes from home to school, and then obviously, like, weird factory. <laughs> right. The yeah. The, the fact, the boiler room, which I, yeah. I made, I was thinking about this when I was re watching too. Like, kids in the 80s really loved hanging out in boiler rooms. Like, <laughs> high school kids, it was like a, like, it was just like a thing in high schools, and like a lot of, like I feel like a lot of movies or television shows, it was like kids making out in the boiler room. Like, how did everyone? It was just yeah. unfettered access. I think in the there 80s? were just like a lot of unfinished basements. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but yeah, even like yeah, a four and five. I think five, the boyfriend that gets turned into a motorcycle. Um, right. <laughs> Hilarious. But There's that's a whole just, diner. But that's, but that's just a little bit on the highway. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so right. if I were to if I were to draw a map of of Springwood, it's like Elm Street, <laughs> <laughs> running for like seven miles of yeah. Elm Street, <laughs> then a highway in each direction on on opposite sides of it. Main Street, maybe crossing through Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then you know the uh, highway access road. You know what it. we should do is we should build a scale model of Springwood, Ohio. Out of the popsicles and Which, the... Yeah, my yeah. first badge uh, <laughs> is the um, model building badge to Kristen Parker for her scale replica of mm -hmm. Nancy Thompson's house, which like, as someone that really likes miniatures, <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's a fucking great idea. Like, I should I just do that for fun. 
similar badge, the house that Freddie built badge. Mm. Um, not Which for is, New Line Cinema. Right, yeah, that's a great, for, great reference. But for the actual house. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that got me, though, was like, who has a dream and then gets up and builds the house from their dream? Nancy Thompson, that's who. <laughs> Are you guys vivid dreamers? Like, do you guys remember your dreams? Sometimes. Um, I am. Uh, I probably retain the memory of the dream for a couple of hours afterwards. Me too. For my whole life, I've never, I've always been a vivid dreamer, uh, which I also think is why I was so drawn to this franchise and why it was so scary to me as a child. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it was, and, and which is interesting, Keith, that you say you're also like a, a similar kind of dreamer, as I think you and I are, are Freddy, we're Freddy girls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Robin's a Halloween girl. I don't remember the first Elm Street film that I watched, but I do remember it really having a hold on me as a kid. I also remember thinking how brilliant it was to sort of like, come for people in their dreams like just as a storyline because like sleeping you're so defenseless and vulnerable and that's how and I just it's like how can you not sleep I thought this is the most smart movie ever (laughs) (laughs) well and that's the thing is we never we never had this scale of like creativity in our slashers like right yeah Nightmare on Elm Street was admittedly the only slasher to really go into these places. And I would say it's after Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and the success that it had that we started to see the copycat versions of this, the idea of, like, dreams and two mixed results, of course. Yes. Obviously, yes. The, the very premise of Nightmare on Elm Street is, is golden. But by the time we get to part three, it's, uh, it's expansive. And that's what really, I think, that was so, what was so interesting in the first one on that teensy budget to be like still so scary and still going places. The dreams were just like everyone's regular house or whatever. And, and two, you know, got a little more money thrown at it. And even though that's a wild script and a departure from the original message of what was going on, they still were able to play with some thoughts yeah, on a totally. bigger budget. But now it was like, we got to come back. Like, you know, whether I'd like to know, cause I have no memory. I was, I was a wee child back after two came out and I don't remember thinking that people did not like it. Like it was a huge hit at the box office money wise, but I don't remember at that age reading a review or even like seeking one out. So for people to be like, this is no fun. This isn't what I signed up for in a sequel for Nightmare on Elm Street. And then, but I do remember the the anticipatory buzz of Dream Warriors, where it was like, oh, you thought <laughs> that, you know, the, the return of Freddy would have uh, a different kind of like angle. Well, guess what? We're, we're bringing a team. We're bringing the whole thing. We got ideas. We got money. <laughs> we got Nancy. We got Dawkins. And most importantly, we got Robert England. Yeah. And Wes Craven back. And um, Wes Craven. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that is definitely what's so cool about Dream Warriors, you know, the return of all of those things. Because uh, I felt like the second one to me was kind of an Amityville horror type ghost story because it was like, oh, this kid's living in this haunted this house where bad stuff happened and now he's possessed and haunted by it, you know? Dream Warriors was... I think the beginning of the full realization of the Freddy Krueger 
that most people know, like the wisecracking, pun-loving, like really sinister creep, you know, that's like his whole game is like psychological torture and like fucking with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like that, like you see that, especially like the one-liners in this yeah. movie. And Which, it only keeps going after that. <laughs> yeah, I will just say uh, my badge for this film is the sassy bitch <laughs> for Freddy because this is where, yeah, those sweet bon mots really started to <laughs> yeah. roll out of his mouth. You know, welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> yeah, uh, was the one matter? for me where I was, was like, this one. is where it starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't remember if it's, if it's cat got your tongue or just, is your tongue tied? Ta- yeah, it's uh, it's something, uh, feeling a little tongue tied. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just all that stuff. Like, it's just like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Exactly. More and more of this. I think that, so growing up, I was never a Nightmare on Elm Street person. I think because, like, when I was getting into horror movies, my dad was like, oh, those are, like, silly. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't watch silly things. I only watch really disturbing things. So I, I, was know, old, Robin, watch, I don't watch silly things. <laughs> I only watch the Grey Poupon. Yeah. <laughs> So I was much older when I finally saw Nightmare on Elm Street and I I was sort of like, oh, he talks too much. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> Freddy Krueger, like, he needs, he's not scary. But, Less talking, more killing. <laughs> and I went through the whole, I, I decided to watch all the nightmares over last Halloween um, and you know watching them like quick in succession like that they are they do, they do get kind of crazy and like <laughs> you know the the effects <laughs> him like pushing his head out of the television and they're like some of the things are like really silly but this time around when I watched it I was I don't know what kind of mood I was in but I was much more focused on like the um how like desperate and sad these kids are and like they just don't they just want people to believe them and like it's like that whole thing of like adults don't believe me and I'm gonna die like I'm literally gonna die and we're dying because adults aren't believing me I feel like every Nightmare on Elm Street maybe save for the first one I mean the first one was what it is like it is successful in its mission to start you know to be an original horror tale that we've never seen before and set out kind of a little bit of lore. Um, every Nightmare on Elm Street afterwards has actually had like a weird, and it's not an agenda, but it's a secret subtext mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. works in different ways. Obviously, we've done uh, ad nauseum, and there's a whole documentary about part two being a, you know, a queer subtext. I'm really here for, and this is what I caught in the rewatch as, of part three as an adult, this is very seriously about teenage suicide. Like, yeah. they yeah. don't, it, it, any other movie would sort of use suicide as an exploitative measure, but this is honestly like, no, y'all, we really got to think about kids when they are suicidal. Like, yes. that maybe kids aren't, maybe kids aren't killing themselves. Maybe someone's helping them. Yeah. And just, just like, you know. just like, seeing kids and listening to kids and realizing that what they're feeling, what they're seeing, what they're hearing is valid mm. on like a level that, you know, I back in that day, like it was like, yeah, obviously they don't know <laughs> as much as this like <laughs> old bitch. 
<laughs> like I, I hated her. The whole yes, doctor Sims. as you're supposed to. Yeah, I have a badge for this. It's called the I want to go to Heather Login Camp because <laughs> she is the one adult in the movie yeah. who believes them. And to me, it, in all the movies, but especially in this one, she is like such a calming presence. Yes, and so like I trust her. I believe her. I want her to give me a hug. <laughs> I just love her so much in this movie. Yeah, she's fantastic. I I have a badge for her also, which I think you guys will appreciate. Uh, the the salon of the Bride of Frankenstein badge. Yes, to Nancy <laughs> for her wispy gray streak that they gave her. It really works for her. I think this, so too. It but very I think much that did. represents that she's older, but that you know. She's Nancy, but she's also she's a little different and changed after you know her yes. encounter with it. Like it's. I like that she just her. didn't. She just didn't dye it. She wore it as, <laughs> yeah. as a, a literal badge of honor. Yeah, to yeah. Totally. I, I fucking I fucking survived, Freddie. Even though y'all thought I was dead because of the fake out. Yes. <laughs> ending because it one. seemed like I died in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> also, I do. Uh, it, the, the timeline of Nightmare on Elm Street has always been kooky. Oh yeah. yeah. This film. This film came. Nineteen eighty-seven, I think. So it's only been three years since the first one. Nancy was a assumed senior <laughs> right. in high school, right? And now three years later, she's gone through medical school. school <laughs> yeah, to be a, <laughs> to be a doctor. She's Nancy. Yeah. She can do anything. Totally. So maybe the gray streak is from the yeah. stress of medical school. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, she going she through have, she four years she of college. Have, yeah, she might in have one year. Hauser, yeah, Doogie Howser her way. <laughs> into her residency yeah i've also thought about the timeline of so the so the teens are the the like their parents are the ones that killed fred krueger and mm. so but then they were kids and so to me i'm like at do they not remember this like they have to be told that their parents did this but right so at what point like did this happen in their youth even younger years that they somehow didn't remember that there was like they were baby child murderer <laughs> and Nancy <Yeah>. was three. <laughs> <laughs> that whose house burned down on also Elm Street, how which many parents like how long. many adults <laughs> went <laughs> and killed Fred Krueger like well and let's let let's look at this because I do want to acknowledge our 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 dream team here our dream warriors so we have of course Patricia Arquette as Kristen. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's her what's her power? Gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she also has the power to bring other bring people, people in. Yes, yeah. She has a little bit of a psychic ability, which is uh comes up in other films with other characters. Yeah, she's a she's a dream snatcher. Yeah. Can, Ooh, dream snatcher. Snatch you. Snatch you out of your sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um then we have uh Ken Segoas as Kincaid. Um and he is sass and strength. Right. Yeah, when he bends that chair, he's like, mm-hmm. and I love that that's yeah. his dream power is just yeah. bending. His things. other power yeah. is also yeah. saying, "Let's go kick that motherfucker's ass all over Dreamland." Oh, he was he he should also <laughs> get like, a sassy it. bitch badge cuz he like yeah. he yeah. talked back like fantastic, fantastic clapbacks <laughs> to fucking Freddy. <laughs> uh, we got Rodney Eastman as Joey, our mute um 
A mute dream warrior who... Oh, his wet dream was his nightmare slash <laughs> dream. Yes. <laughs> that was his um, super But when he finally screams, like, well, yeah, that was right. emotional. His, <laughs> yeah. that, that ultimately was his power. His yeah. voice, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. bottled up, was his power. Uh-huh. Um, we, we have the wonderful Jennifer Rubin as Taryn. Oh, I have a badge uh, for her. What's your badge? Oh, yeah, what's your badge? My badge is the In My Dreams, I'm Beautiful... And bad badge. Oh, I yeah. could not get over the way she delivered that line. <laughs> it was amazing. It was great. I love her punk rock. Her, in her dream, she's a punk rocker. She's an yeah. 80s punk rocker. Yeah, she's wild. Uh, funnily, on the poster behind you, to yet her her image in that is always a little like, understandably, I know the concept when the, the artist who did these posters, I think, was given a rough script and no actual visuals. Right, right, right. To like the movie was when he designed them. But I've always like I've always been like, you're, you're close. And her, <laughs> yeah. her hair wasn't yeah. silver like, white. Yeah. But, right. Okay. Who else we got? We got Ira Haydn as Will, the wizard master. Oh, wizard yeah. Master. I, I, I wanted to give him, master. of course, the dungeon master badge, <laughs> you know. <laughs> For trying to defeat Freddy through magic, which actually makes a lot of sense <laughs> to me in that universe, um, but I think he, he and us, we all learn that when you die in Dungeons and Dragons, you also die in real life. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the, the other uh, teen victims didn't get to show off their their Dream Warrior powers. Right. Poor Philip got you know puppeted out. Oh my the, God, that was the, the worst. Tower. That was so disturbing. That was like the that was the. That was the worst death for me as far as like cringy, like when Freddy comes in uh, and pulls yeah. out his veins and then like puppeteers yeah. him as a marionette and he's like walking around. Oh, I could like, I don't, and muscly, keep... muscly vein things that yeah, get they pulled out like... of you. <laughs> yeah that was like that was there were multiple shots of like the entry points on his like feet and his hands oh yeah totally they really milked it (laughs) It, that that was just like that i that's the kind of cinema when you watch it and i i could feel it in my skin i'm like oh my god and that's what's so weird about these movies (laughs) because the the shot before that when his face appears in like claymation in the marionette puppet. Oh yeah. And then he like cuts himself down. And then when he's like, you see like giant Freddy in the sky puppeteering yeah. him. I'm like, <laughs> some of this is so silly. And then it, go- it goes from like so horrendous, disturbing to like, yeah, so silly. And <laughs> just, it's a, like a little bit of a whiplash experience <laughs> watching. See, I don't mind it as much. Cause I feel like that's what my dreams are like sometimes. I have a badge for uh, the special. I, I, the badge is the special AF fx Ooh. Uh, love that because i i really do enjoy um the special effects in this movie i mean i the, do too. the freddy the freddy like snake <gasps> the freddy snake monster yeah. that uh that eats uh eats Kristen. that one's really good and um uh, i mean the puppeting thing too is is terrifying yeah, yeah. um <laughs> uh the whole the whole nightmare world they go into the whole the, the tongues that hold uh Joey to the bed. Yeah. Um just everything in here is like is prime eighties yes. practical effects. The one yeah. that, that I and cannot get out on my mind, get out of my mind was the like um 
the little holes in Taryn's <gasps> arms, like the suckling, the track like, mark holes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and they're like they're mouthing to her. They're like <laughs> mouthing. They're like, mm. oh yeah, yeah. They're they're like thirsty. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm. they're like suckling mm-hmm. for the drugs, mm-hmm. drugs, so, drugs, <laughs> drugs, so drugs. Um, but probably like in a high pitched voice, like drugs, drugs, drugs. drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I imagine. They're saying. Yes, one hundred percent. Uh, oh man this movie really did have everything though because we have to talk about uh the ghost nun i I have a badge for her oh amanda like oh it was a ghost the whole time (laughs) yes it's like we get to the end of the movie he's been speaking to this spooky nun who is basically there just to give a bunch of exposition i guess about yeah Yeah, yeah. uh freddy krueger and then we at the very end he finds her grave in the cemetery and it's like oh it was you all along or whatever (laughs) finds out that that was freddy krueger's mom but then it's like oh she died many years ago and we're just like okay freddy krueger is this like dead guy who kills people in dreams and there are ghost nuns and we're just accepting that yeah 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 that's I, I think that I think that's uh, that's the kitchen sink bed. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Here's a little extra. They just ghost. went for it. <laughs> yeah. The the uh, the the super duper natural. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it isn't just it isn't just sneaking into people's dreams. It's also like your mom being like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I totally. Gotta, I guess it runs in the family. <laughs> I got I gotta come I gotta come haunt this guy so yeah. he can help. It's help also take my son down. there's something I. About the fact that her name is Amanda, Amanda Kruger. Amanda Kruger, <laughs> yes. <laughs> her fate with how Freddie was birthed, like this movie, truly is the entry that is the like the trigger warning. Oh yeah, trauma entry of the series. It's just <laughs> like, you know how these days we we like to say, you know, trigger warning. You know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about suicide. We're gonna talk about rape. We're gonna talk about this. This is the like all of this is in this film, and yeah. if you have these traumas, well, deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that you say that, what I realize is interesting is that you know originally, and this has been documented originally, Freddy Krueger he was a child molester, and right. they changed that a bit for him to be a child murderer who obviously molested. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, yeah. but they tried to downplay. You know, they tried to like sort of soften that. Uh, in a weird way, you know, just just to, that's <laughs> too much. Just, like, it's too much for him to also to be a pedophile. It. Like, you know, that's the whole thing. Robert England obviously was like, no, yeah, he's a child molester too. <laughs> yeah, and, and and he's like, so therefore, I'm gonna always play that. So everything is always like, you know, delicious. Yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. Gross. That it's Gross. it's these children. Like, you know, he wants to lick them and touch them with his claws and and wrap them in his tongues yeah something yeah. else i thought about at like at like like freddy krueger as like a horror icon very popular parodied all over the place in like other tv shows uh the there's that simpsons episode there's also the brick and morty um there's like you know he's we know what everyone knows what he looks like and i was thinking about this earlier and i was like oh weird <laughs> like we made a cartoon character out of this out of this fictional pedophile. We made a costume for children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out of a pedophile. <laughs> this is, which I feel is like 
Mm-hmm. I don't think that we had that filter right. in the 80s. I don't think we had that, the, the sensibility of the boundaries. Yeah. The boundaries. Right. It was just like, <laughs> yeah. not there. I mean, it, it, it is the same thing with the, yeah. Uh, uh, trigger warning was an you you would say trigger warning in 1987 and people be like excuse it, there's no guns on this set yeah. <laughs> like, right totally yeah yeah like, no i'm i'm talking about what yeah. no we did not have those sensitivities at all at yeah. all like i said you know there's you know we have the heroin addict in this group and we have cutters and we have yeah you know, a variety of things where it's like trauma, 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 trauma. We're going to make a lot of <laughs> and, jokes about it in the movie. And especially with this part, like they explore it visually in part four, but in this part or part four and five, um, we just have to imagine the thought of Amanda Kruger being raped hundreds of times. Right. Yeah. Being they, locked yeah. In, a, in, a, in an asylum tower yes. and raped hundreds of times. Yes. The idea that this, the, the logic that this young woman accidentally got locked over the holidays right. which right. Is, I, I remember when they said that and i was like where where was the rest of the stuff they can't just leave yeah there's not a, there's not a trough <laughs> <laughs> what is, what is... yeah speaking of like the kitchen sink thing then there's like that religious stuff thrown in and like ostensibly the only reason she was like a nun was to tell neil that the way to like kill freddie is with like bury him in sacred ground or whatever yeah you gotta get the holy water well yeah yeah, totally. yeah. Like he steals like the cross the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really catholic it's it's a real catholic turn for all that. of a sudden yeah. yeah yeah that's a whole other right that's another kitchen sink thing um i do have a badge for that part of the movie i wanted the uh the fake rock hide a key badge for yes. hiding these <laughs> bones in the trunk of a Cadillac in a junkyard. I have multiple. (laughs) We have to back up for a second. Yeah. yeah. My badge is, but this is when he uh, goes into the asylum and, and learns the backstory is the, that's not how locks or doors work badge (laughs) because there is a door (laughs) on this abandoned asylum with a padlock in the middle. Yeah. He takes a rock from the ground. He pushes it against the padlock. <laughs> Nothing happens with the padlock. It does not open. It does not break. And then he opens the door from another place. <laughs> and I was like, they just, they just let the shot go. <laughs> they were like, well, that's what we have. So it's going in the movie. <laughs> and then, yeah, the junkyard yeah. thing. About three quarters of the way in, once we get to the junkyard, it gets a little muddy for me. I'm yeah. like, there's a lot of stuff happening. My badge for this section of the movie is the bag of bones badge. Because yeah. Freddy is a bag of bones. And they <laughs> did not have to dig an entire man-sized hole to bury him in. <laughs> they wasted so much time in that junkyard. <laughs> From the moment that they pulled in and John Saxon went for, was for no reason, like, go slow. Like, we have yeah. time to kill. John Saxon who doesn't even want to be there in that junkyard. <laughs> By the way, my, my favorite, this is the, um, I guess, we'll, well, this is a badge that goes into this film and then part four. Um, and it's the, uh, the Alien 3, we did all that for what <laughs> badge? <laughs> <laughs> Which is obviously this whole ending conclusion is getting Freddie's bones buried and in sacred ground and holy water and all that stuff. Only for the beginning of part four for the dog for Kincaid's dog yeah. to piss fire on the yeah. bone pile and resurrect <laughs> Freddie. That that's akin to Alien Three being like, wait, 
All that work in aliens was for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it seems Everyone like there should be the a ship. more permanent solution to this. Like when Freddy was realizing <laughs> that his bones are being moved and that the jig would be up, he would like somehow that, that'd be the that end of his reign and he knew like, it. Yeah. Right? When it when what was he just sitting at like home watching TV and was like, My bones are <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I think my bones are moving. <laughs> Gotta go work this out. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go through the uh, the secret passage in the conservatory to, to the junkyard to go to go fight someone right. off from moving. Listen, my bones. it's all on one road. Yeah, they get there. It's right yeah. There. So on Elm Street. So one end of it is the hospital, the psychiatric the hospital, hospital, junkyard, high school, Main Street. <laughs> yeah, high school in the middle. Yeah, every single Jun- house in ju- town. Junkyard, junkyard, and epic boiler room. Right, right. Everything spooky. Yeah. Right. By itself. Um, Abandoned asylum. The, and then th- just right behind Elm Street is the uh, graveyard, the big cemetery. Right, right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a I have a big badge um, for this whole movie, actually for the franchise, really. And it is the, to me, I'm just going to, I'm going to call, this is my nomination of the ultimate final girl badge to Nancy Thompson. Yeah. For... Being one of the only, and you know, we we of course have to count Sydney in this in this pantheon, but um, one of the only returning final girls mm-hmm. um, to make it into uh, a film and 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 do some good, but also get killed along the way. Yeah, I but, forgot that she got killed. At I did too. Warriors. <laughs> I did too, and I had watched it like four months before. <laughs> so, so, so it was a heartbreaking. Your heart was broken oh, no. all over again. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, because you forget because of New Nightmare, and it's like so, like, yes. in, you know, right. and it's like in and uh, you know her being generally accepted and touted as as in the big list of final girls. You know, in my in my brain, having not uh, watched this watched this series in a long time yeah I just was I completely forgot that she got killed I will also say that her death was a little anticlimactic and a little disappointing to me because why would she fall for the ghost of her father like that was another thing it was like well, this has not oh, been yeah. a thing in the dreams <laughs> lady like get it together uh, <laughs> like, yeah. and just being like so okay with her dad or, you know her dad is like yeah, I've yeah. passed over to you were you side. were just pissed at your yeah <laughs> so <laughs> mad yeah and she's like oh daddy oh daddy <laughs> although I am always like you said you forget that Nancy's killed in this yeah and then there's always the really sad like Patricia Arquette uh rocking her as she dies. Yeah. Like, I'm going to dream you into a beautiful dream. Yeah. <laughs> she made some like weird noises in that. And I was like, she is acting. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. And then, you know, Neil has, has her little, uh, her dream doll, her little, at the, the end. But end. I always, I always wanted him to have a lock of her, her white hair. <laughs> oh, that's a good <laughs> one. See, this is what they should do if they ever reboot the franchise, which... I mean, has been rebooted, yeah. just failed. Right. <laughs> if they reboot the reboot, <laughs> they should bring They gotta go Nancy's to the junkyard hair. where they buried Nancy's bones in the trunk of a Cadillac and I don't bring think they would do the Cadillac yeah. again. I think it'd be like a Honda Civic. <laughs> 
Um, I also want to note that there is no such thing as a Malaysian dream doll. <laughs> uh, that gives that that one hundred percent deserves one of the like. Listen, it was a horror movie, <laughs> kitchen sink. We needed the racist token. Yeah, totally. The magical Asian souvenir. Yeah. Like that's the that's the trope. That's the token thing. I mean, you know, at least we didn't get like a full on dream personification. Oh, yeah. Of, like, <laughs> yeah. Asian, that would have like, been warrior bad. or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. At least they just were just like, it's a doll. It protects <laughs> me when I sleep. As opposed to like, and now Nancy's power in the dream is that she becomes this Malaysian dream. <laughs> <Right>. Weird. <laughs> what would you guys keep in a, in a reboot? In a reboot, in a 2022 era reboot, what would you keep of, of Freddy? Of the whole franchise? Of the whole franchise, of Freddy, what would you okay. keep? Would you keep him as, like, as quirky? <laughs> um, as, like, as as a wisecracking fun guy? I feel like it would be, and I say this as someone who is sometimes not a fan of the quirky, mm-hmm. I think it would be, uh, like, total like disservice rewrite like to to take away his personality like that's to me like such a fundamental thing about him i mean that's essentially and i i'm I'm glad that you've forgotten it or maybe you didn't even get to experience that the platinum dunes yeah the 2010 but, but uh jackie earl haley that's what was missing yeah it was the personality like his freddy krueger had nothing yeah i mean they actually did they actually did give because uh rooney mara was nancy she did get a shock of white hair in that movie but oh so much failed in that, that, that okay this is unrelated but in that movie he was a pedophile right or they they yeah. they yeah, were they more did, explicit they a about bit it more yeah that he definitely like had his there was like a stack of polaroids in his yeah but then there was like the kids were convinced that he was innocent at one point. Yeah, they tried to add a weird human stamp to Freddy in that yeah. one, where it's just like, no, yeah, we've already de facto like defended. It was it was weird. Freddy, with what we've already done over the years, we don't need someone being like, you guys, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he just maybe he was lonely. Help. Yeah. The question at hand of what would you keep? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is Robert Englund. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It would kind of be fun to do like old Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Albeit, you know. Like he's aged? Yeah. Why would he be aging in the dream world? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's like some supernatural explanation. Ooh, like is he like aging? But then if he like the because he hasn't taken any children's souls in like two Ooh, decades yeah. or whatever yeah that, yeah. yeah that could absolutely be it. yeah is yeah that's that's what <laughs> you kids keep me so young <laughs> uh. i would like to bring back patricia arquette what we need <laughs> we need a david arquette patricia arquette scream nightmare crossover <laughs> whoa that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so oh, I was going to I was going to I was going to I was going to just give a big spoiler <laughs> for Scream. Um, I think people yeah. don't know it, right? No. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> not the <laughs> new one. Never mind. 
D- don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't say anything. Robin, Robin, you said that was such concerning. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. no. I don't know how, but I've successfully avoided. You have to watch the new Scream immediately after this. <laughs> I know, but how? I'm not going to a theater. How am I supposed to watch it? That's fair. Okay. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be streaming. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. 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 So, so as soon as you can, avoided Robin. spoilers until now. <laughs> We didn't say, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, last question from me. What is your dream superpower? I had a feeling you were going to ask this question. <laughs> 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 to bring in another movie, I I love a telekinetic power. I would I want to be Carrie. A little bit Are in my in my runner? everyday life, <laughs> yeah. So maybe telekinesis, but that's also just like my superpower of choice in general. So maybe sure. I need something <laughs> different for a dream. Uh, my my superpower would be something I don't get to experience in real life, which is to feel well rested. <laughs> <laughs> and I think in a that would do state, a lot. That would, be, that would I think that would go. I'd be able to do things like jump and do <laughs> right. run yeah. and th- think logically. Yeah. <laughs> That's important. So I think just like complete 100% battery uh, well rest. Yeah. See, I think my dream superpower is something that I have dreamed about is like kind of like this is so dorky, but like general like athleticism. Like mm. I've had dreams Parkour. where like I'm really good at skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, yes, like I'm like really good at skateboarding. And so I think that somehow in the dream world, that would be my like, I would turn into some like 80s skateboarder. I love that. To yet is Tony Hawk in her dream. <laughs> yeah. And you all recognize me. <laughs> so we would, we would. We would acknowledge that it's like Tuyet Nguyen pro skater. Yeah. yeah. And all your, all your you would have like freeze frames of you mid trick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Keith. <laughs> this has been Thanks. a dream. Ah. Oh. <laughs> this has been a real dream team working together. Okay, here's another pun. I don't have one. Thank you so much for being here. I can't think that fast. That's my other super dream superpower is like puns. being really good at puns. Ooh, you get I, into I a pun off with Freddie. That's what the yeah. whole next movie needs to be is just <laughs> that's an entire. That's the reboot. Anyone pun. give us, send us an email uh, if you want to hire us to write that for you. <laughs> who's who's anyone? <laughs> anyone. Anyone send us an email. Literally. <laughs> Funk two three seven at gmail dot com. Yeah, it's like it's like new line doesn't really exist. West Don't Craven crush our dreams, Keith. <laughs> ah, there we go. Keith, is there anything that you would like to plug before we let you go? If you are lucky enough to live in Denver, Colorado, just know that not only is the C Film Center reopened for all your movie watching needs. But beginning in March, uh, we are moving our model to a um, repertory classic special event film every single day, Ooh. three times a day. 
That's so exciting. And so the March calendar is so sweetly booked, and April's going to be even better. And May, maybe on top of that. What about June? June's going to be spectacular. <laughs> July, I, I fear to imagine. Keith, where can we awesome find this information out on the internet? Uh, Denverfilm.org will always lead you to the warm embrace of the Sea Film Center and all the movies therein. So lovely. And all this programming and sweet stuff. And maybe even get you in my path. We'll cross paths. Um, you know, I'm I'm taking visitors again. Yeah, everyone go see Keith, but not in a weird way, in like a respectful, <laughs> polite way. <laughs> yeah, like a like a, a nod across the way, yeah. or like you know, bring your bring your sunglasses down <laughs> yeah. down on the end of your nose and give me a little little look. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. One, two, three, seven. We're back. We're back. Watch your back. <laughs> what, what, wash your back? Wash your back. <laughs> Bunk 237, a horror movie podcast, stars Tubular Tuyet and Rude Boy Robin as the final girls of Bunk 237. Introducing Adrian Lobel as camp counselor Casey Campbell. Theme music written and performed by Dan Zlotnick. You're listening to Peachy from the album The Fool, Lovers, and the High Priestess by LA band Moonfuzz. You can follow us on Instagram at Bunk237Pod and Twitter at Bunk237. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.